0: Good morning everyone, welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church, great to see everyone this morning, glad that you're here, nice to be here in church and we're here to worship God, our purpose hasn't changed, his purpose hasn't changed, it might not exactly be business as usual but we're still nevertheless here to worship God Um, and I'll just share a few things uh, just in a little while about where we're at. Uh, With church and so forth. Um, But great to see everyone and uh, welcome to those who are joining online. Glad that you're with us. Um, Please, if you can, really find a way to kind of get yourself comfortable and uh, stay tuned with us through the service. Let's just pray as we welcome the Holy Spirit into our presence, into our gathering today. He's already here, but Father, we thank you that you want to come and meet with us today. Father, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people, and Lord, we ask that you would come and inhabit our praise today as we raise our voices. Father, as we worship you through song, Father, we pray that you'd come and live in our praise. Lord, we want to experience your presence today. Lord, we've come here to meet with you. Lord, we know that we can do that wherever. We don't need to be in a building to do that. Father, there's something about the dynamic of your people gathering together. It's something that you uh, have planned for us to do. Father, that our faith is not just an individual faith, but Father, it's, it's our faith. It's a corporate faith. And Father, we just thank you that you're at work in us and that you're at work through us. And Father, we just pray, help us in these moments to focus on all that you are, all that you mean to us. And Lord, may we worship you with spirit with our spirits and in spirit and in truth this morning we ask in jesus name amen Amen. please stand to sing we're going to praise god to Lord glorify your name thank you Lord
1: thank you Jesus
0: Father we just thank you for who you are today Father we thank you that you are eternal that you're holy that you're faithful that you're loving Father, that you pour out your grace upon us, that you pour out mercy. Father, you're also a God of justice. You're a God who sees the right and the wrong in everything. But Father, we thank you that you judge justly. You're not swayed by people's opinions. You're not swayed by the things which tie us up in the way that we think. But Father, you're able to see things clearly and think clearly and judge clearly. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that when we come to you, that your judgments are right, that your judgments are just. And, Father, we thank you that we can come before you through what Jesus has done for us. We thank you that he died on that cross for our sins, that our debt was paid on that day. Father, we we can walk as, as free men and free women. We can walk uh, Anywhere we want, we can do anything we like in that sense because we're free. But, Father, not free to do things which are wrong, but free to serve you, free to worship you, and, Father, free to be the people that you always desired for us to be. And so, Father, help us to walk in our freedom, not to use our freedom uh, for our own uh, benefits, but, Father, to use the freedom that we have in order to serve you and to serve your purposes, to serve your kingdom. And so, Father, we just thank you that we, we are yours. We are in your hand. And, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would help us in all the things that we need to think about this morning. Lord, to think clearly and to think uh, your thoughts, Father. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would come, continue to be with us and, and speak to us. And, Lord, we pray that our hearts and minds would be opened up to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we ask please be seated. Good morning, everyone. Good to see everyone. Good to see those who we can't see online as well. Glad that you're with us. Um, It's good to be here. It's good to be back in church. Um, Three weeks seems like a long time, three weekends certainly, Um, so it feels like a lot longer for us. But yeah, it's just just great to be back and uh, great to be in amongst God's people. And you know, I I was thinking about this. Um, We spent a bit of time with Ron and Kerry a number of weeks back, and we did the tour of Stirling um, as they're looking for somewhere to meet. So as church, they don't have a building. And uh, we we went around and we viewed some of the places that they've been looking at and just kind of praying with them over that. And it made me so grateful and so thankful that we have a building to meet in you know, we, we take this for granted. We take the building that we meet in today for granted. Poor old building. <laughs> but we do. We sometimes take for granted the fact that God has given us, us this fantastic resource in the middle of our community that we do outreach from. Now, admittedly, at the moment, we're not doing a lot of outreach. All the groups are off just now, and I was just being asked about that this morning. It is something that we want to try and look at. Um, how we reintroduce things safely. But also, before that, the big question is who leads what and are people still prepared to be involved? And that is the big question. And so that's one of the big questions we'll be asking over the next uh, little while. And, uh, you know, there are lots of things that because uh, our service has been broadcast online that we're maybe not as free to speak about. I put out an email this week to pray for Ian and Sarah. Um, and we need to pray for them all. They're all. They've all tested positive for COVID. And so let's continue to pray for them. We'll pray in just a little minute um, for that. And just to say that as, as, as things have changed, we intentionally didn't change very much uh, whilst we were away. Um, and we knew that the government were going to be announcing some changes, they did Um, and so things have really relaxed a lot in terms of the way that we can meet together and we gathered this week just to to discuss how we would approach that as you can see we're kind of laid out in a similar fashion um, to to the way that we were there's not the same requirements for social distancing um, but we we do want to kind of ease our way back into that so as somebody says, hear what I'm not saying, okay? What I'm not saying is that all the chairs are going to be back out as normal, and you kind of come along and and just plonk yourself down somewhere. Um, That's what I'm not saying. What I am saying is that we're in a process of getting to a place where we can be back to that, um, and we're just kind of easing our way through that, so that there is still opportunity for people to, to, to sit in a way that you feel safe, um, because at the end of the day, your safety and how you feel about coming to church is really, really important. Um, if you're online, you're in your own house anyway, and you don't need to be socially distanced, so that's fine. But we do encourage people to get back into church. Uh, next week, we will be removing the booking system, so there'll be no need to book in as of next week, and we'll see how that goes. Um, so, As of next week, no booking system and and it's a case of managing the numbers um, as they begin to grow. And we will just keep an eye on things over the next two or three weeks, we will be meeting again in about three or four weeks' time just to say, okay, how are things going, how can we tweak things? But I will uh, write out to everybody, whether in email or in writing, so that everybody knows what's happening. Any questions? Honestly, seriously. Somebody's got a question, because this this stuff's really important. Yes? Yeah. We looked at this, and we kind of felt that uh, as far as numbers are going, we've probably had about 60% of the whole congregation who've been in church, in person. That number is is gradually growing, and we don't anticipate there being a rapid influx of people, but it's a great question. Um, but if that is the case, we will need to look at that uh, in a way that helps people to, to, to feel safe. Um, but our, our COVID duty officers, will, duty officers will still be on duty. They will be there to make p- sure that people are seated in a way that's it's safe and, and and just kind of meeting everybody's needs um so they will continue to be on duty and doing the things that they are doing so we will monitor that we will still need to do track and trace which reminds me i need to take a photograph thank you sam's for doing all this while i've been away nathan you wave that first time can wave again okay okay don't bother nathan make me feel really awkward That's like when you go to high high five Sunday and they just leave you hanging. Um, But yeah, uh, we will continue to do track and trace. We do need to keep uh, tabs on who's in the building on any given Sunday. We will still need to wear masks. It's still part of what we need to do. So just so that everybody is on the same page with that as well. If you do have any questions and you want to ask, just feel free to come and chat, phone, drop me an email, whatever it is, Um, and we will help you with that. I just want to say a prayer before we come to God's word um, and just some people that we need to pray for today. So let's just bow our heads in prayer uh, for a minute. Father, we thank you that we can come to you with everything that's on our hearts. Lord, we can give those things to you and Lord, we, we want to just present some people to you today. Lord, we present Dawn to you today and Lord, we ask for your protection over her. And Father, we ask that you would strengthen her, and Father, that you would just bring her through uh, the difficulties that she is facing today. Lord, for Ian and Sarah and their family, Lord, we just bring them before you, and Lord, we ask that you would just minister into their situation, and Lord, we, we, we pray that they would be able to move out of their situation uh, very soon, and, uh, and just really begin to do the things which are on their hearts to do. And so, Father, we just lift them before you. Lord, we pray for Tom who's still uh, struggling at the moment. Lord, we ask that your hand would be upon him and strengthen them as a family. And Lord, just be uh, at the center of what they're doing. And Lord, that you just bring healing and wholeness into his body. And Lord, we bring Sharon before you today. Lord, we just pray for your peace uh, to be upon her. Uh, Lord, we ask that you just minister into her situation and just demonstrate your power in that situation. And Lord, we know that we're living in uh, difficult times. Lord, the world that we're living in just now seems to be getting more challenging. Um, Lord, we think about the situation in Afghanistan. And Lord, we just pray for peace in that situation. Lord, we pray for wisdom for our own leaders of our own nation and other nations as they uh, respond to this crisis. Um, And Lord, we just pray for those people. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen them. And, Father, that you would cause many to turn to you. Lord, we pray for the believers in that nation. Lord, we pray for your protection upon them. And, Lord, we ask that your hand would continue with them. And, Lord, we've been praying for those in India. Lord, those who are suffering persecution for your namesake. And, Lord, we just continue to remember those who are persecuted for following you. Lord, it's really difficult when we're in that place. And, Lord, many of us have never really experienced that type of thing not physically, certainly. And so, Lord, we pray. We pray for them that you would strengthen them and that you put courage within their hearts, Father. And, Lord, we just pray for those who are continuing to walk through the journey of loss and bereavement. And, Father, we ask for strength, for peace. And, Lord, each of us have felt the pain of loss in one sense and one way or another. And so, Father, we ask for your strength for those who are struggling in these situations. And Lord, we ask that you would just be strength to them. Lord, that you would be such a source of peace to them. And Lord, that you would minister into every situation and every family. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we can bring these prayers, petitions and requests before you. Father, we thank you for each other. We thank you for the building that we sit in. Father, we thank you for health and strength that enables us to be here today. Father, we thank you for your grace, which is lavished upon us, for your love, the way that you love us, Father. Lord, with an indescribable love, love that always hopes, always perseveres, always believes, always trusts. Father, we thank you that you never give up on us, and that you continue to speak into our lives. And Lord, we just pray. We pray that as we come to your word, Lord, may we be focused solely on you for these moments. Lord, we've been focusing on you in worship. May we focus on you in your word as well. And Father, we pray that your spirit would move amongst us and speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. I just wanted to ask you a little question before we start today. How's your faith doing? Okay. How's your faith doing? It's not a rhetorical question, really. It's an actual question. Some people have got thumbs up. Do you know, it's one of the important questions that we need to ask ourselves. How, how is my faith? And I use that word with a certain reservation, my. How is my faith? Because it's not just something that I own. Faith is something that's a collective amongst us. It's our faith given to us by God. And what God has entrusted to you, you need to take hold of that. And that's why I say, how's your faith? What I'm really asking is, what are you doing with the deposit of faith that God has given you? Are you nurturing that? Are you causing it to grow and be fruitful in your life? So, (laughs) how's your faith? (laughs) I don't know about you, our faith is challenged sometimes, and I, I feel challenged in my faith at times. Maybe I'm the only person who feels challenged in their faith. I'll tell you one thing, I'll always be honest about it, the times when I'm challenged in my faith. And I want to encourage us to think this morning about doing in order to be, I've got a little presentation which I'll put up as well. Uh, hopefully this will come up. Do in order to be. If you listen to me talking, normally what I say is what's important is who we are, that the being part of us, we are human beings. We're not human doings, we're human beings first and foremost. God has created us human beings, living souls, and who we are is more important than what we do. I say that all the time, but this morning, I'm going to reverse that to say that we need to do in order to be, and you'll see where I'm going in a little second. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and three. I'm going to read from the NIV, but then as I walk through these passages, I'm going to put up on the screen uh, verses from the amplified version of the the Bible. It's a, a slightly more expanded translation but let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Is everybody okay? Yeah? Remember, face masks, and it's hard for me to see what's going on behind the face mask, so uh, I do need your encouragement. But let's read uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, uh, sorry, I'm I'm not reading, I'm quoting now out of my own head. who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What a fantastic piece of scripture that we're going to focus on just for a a few moments this morning. I remember way back when all this COVID malarkey started, Chatting with one of the head teachers, a Christian gentleman, one of the West Lothian head teachers. And he said to me about COVID, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. In other words, how we're going to get through this, we need to pace ourselves. Because at that time, everybody was trying to do everything possible to, to do everything. And we just couldn't do everything. And we've not been able to do everything. And he said it's a marathon, not A sprint and now we're a year and a half into all this and i realize more than ever how true what he said was it's a marathon and not a sprint i don't know how you feel at the moment about life and about the situation that we all face I don't know where you're at. We're all probably at different places. There are times where we are fine and we're all, uh, everything's going okay. And then there are probably times where we're just kind of like needing somebody to to give us a word of encouragement. And I kind of sometimes think that life has been a little bit like this idea of a war of attrition. Do you know what a war of attrition is? There's a little thing floating. Can you see that as well? What a distraction. You probably can't see it in the camera, but uh, there's this little thing floating around in my peripheral vision. This whole thing about a war of attrition, it's when we gradually wear people down. You know, over time, it's not all happening at once, but gradually over time, you wear your, your enemy down, and they get to the point where they just feel like giving up. Okay? Sounds like marriage sometimes. Oh, I mean, I'm only joking. I'm only joking by that. This whole idea of a war, of attrition when we're gradually worn down. I was talking about me, by the way, not, not you. where you're gradually worn down over time. And I, I think there's a real danger that the last 18 months can have been a bit like that for us, where we kind of feel like we're, we're just in this constant grind and it's trying to kind of keep ourselves uh, buoyant in the midst of all that. But we need to remember we need to remember that this particular book called Hebrews in the Bible was written to persecuted Christians. It was written to people who had converted to, to Christianity from an old form of faith, from uh, Judaism. They had converted to this from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, if we can put it that way. And this New Covenant, this faith-based religion, was beginning to cause them trouble they were beginning to be persecuted because they had adhered to this new way of understanding who god was and how he wants to interact with people it's a different kind of faith it's one that's not based on ritual and religion and routines and all that kind of stuff although we can be in the danger of getting into that but it's based solely on faith in the lord jesus christ That's what it's based on. The church, even today, is filled with traditions. We even have our own traditions. Our traditions have been shaken up because of COVID. But we all seem to want to ease into a tradition, into something that's familiar. But what I want to suggest is that what we have, this communal, corporate faith, is something that should be dynamic and living. It's not something that gets us locked into a routine And I want to just explore this whole thing about faith today. And what I want to get into is this whole idea of what we need to do in order to be. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version and just walk through the three verses that we have just read. And this is what it says, verse 1 in the Amplified, therefore, and it's referring to faith's hall of fame. Therefore, if you've been reading Hebrews, you have just read chapter 11, where the writer is talking about all these people who were heroes of the faith. I don't know about you. I have lots of heroes of the faith, and some of them are written in that passage. And he's talking about these people who had faith, the same faith, the same God that we believe in, people who had faith that we can learn from. They can be our examples. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, these people who have gone before, who by faith have tested, sorry, testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripped off every way, and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race set before us. What an amazing way to put it. And I love the Amplified because it begins to drill down into the detail of some of the language. Um, this was written originally in Greek. It drills down into some of the language and helps us to understand it. And the first thing that I want to point out is that we're encouraged to get rid of the excess weight in our lives. And we're not talking about too many scones and too many coffees and all that kind of stuff although we probably need to deal with that as well at times. But what it's talking about is the stuff that gets into our lives, that weighs us down and hinders us in our spiritual race. Paul has talked uh, in other letters about a race and running the race. If Paul wrote Hebrews, it's a similar kind of thought. We don't know who wrote this book, but it kind of sounds like it's Paul that's written it. And it's this spiritual race, this Christian race. And one of the things that weighs us down, I want to suggest, is our wounds and our worries. What are the things that we need to cast off in order that we can run the race? And as I was thinking about this, I thought there are two things that came to mind, wounds and worries. And I want to suggest that our wounds keep us in the past and our worries keep us in the future. And here we are living in today. Let me say it again our wounds keep us in the past. We look at the things which have wounded us, and we think about those things, and we think about the people who've wounded us, and we continue to live in the past. We can't live fully in today because we're so consumed by the things that have wounded us in the past. Or, We can be so consumed with worry that we are always living in the future, worrying about tomorrow, worrying about the things that we don't know, the things that might never happen in our lives. And we're not fully present living in today, missing out on what God has around us, the things that He has for us, either living in the past or living in the future, rather than living fully in today. And one of the things I want to suggest that when it talks about casting off weight, it helps us to cast off the wounds of the past and the worries of the future, the things that are weighing us down, the things that are occupying our minds. One of the commentaries says this, it's not the same thing in all persons, in one it may be pride, in another vanity, in another worldliness, in another a violent and almost un. Governable temper and another a corrupt imagination, and another a heavy laden insensible heart and another, some improper and unholy attachment. What the commentator was saying is that the things that we has done can be different for everybody. i've just mentioned two things: things from the past, things from the future that we don't even know about. But he goes on to have this massive, massive list of potential things that could be things that weigh us down. We need to cast off those things in order to be the people that God wants us to be, in order to live free and light. He also talks about the sin which so easily entangles us, the sin that trips us up. How does it put it again? The sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. I don't know about you, that's what I find with sin. It can be really clever. And once you get involved in it, it can entangle you. And as I was thinking about this, I don't know if you've ever seen a South American with a thing called a bolas. Have you ever saw a bolas? Okay, for those who don't know what a bolas is, it looks something like this. It's a 3 corded instrument with a heavy weight in the end. And what the Person using the bolas will do it. it. Would be used for hunting. It could be used for controlling animals. And you would take that, those three strands, and you swirl them them, them round your head, and you let them go at the target. And the idea is that those strings with the weight on the end wrap round the thing's legs, and it will fall over and it will be immobile. That's how you use a bolas Sorry, is that upsetting some people talking about hunting? <laughs> Sorry. But that's what a bolas does. A bit like the cowboy with his lasso. Similar type of idea. And I think what the writer is saying here is that that's what sin can be like. We think we're in control, but actually what has happened is that somebody has entangled us. We've got a bolas around our legs, and as soon as you try to move, what do you do? You fall over. I remember being daft enough in primary two to be walking about with my hands inside my jacket not in the sleeves somebody had i just put my jacket on with my arms inside it and somebody had zipped it up and we were all running about bumping into each other it was the stupidest thing ever because when somebody bumped into me what did i do i went straight over and landed in my face and my glasses broke and i got a scar on one of my eyebrows whichever one it is i get rushed into the royal infirmary and get sorted out and cause trouble for everybody, as I usually do. (laughs) Just because I was immobile, I couldn't do anything to stop myself from falling. And even when I did fall, I couldn't put my arms out to save myself. A bit like this whole idea of the bolas. And that's what sin is like. You think you're in control, but then something happens and you realize it's got control of you. And that's the thing with sin. We need to think about sin as being something that wants to master us. If there's something that has control of your life just now, something that you're unable to do something about or you feel that way, that's wrong, then maybe it's got control of you. And you need to think about what you're going to do about that. I want to encourage us, though, is that Jesus is the one who's able to take the big pair of shears to the bolas, Okay? He's the one who sets us free. And if the sun sets us free, we're free indeed. But we need to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles us. And the whole idea that the writer is saying here is that we're in a race and we need to run the race. And there's no point in trying to run a 400-meter race at a 100-meter pace. I read a story in A Resilient Life, Going back to that book again. We have Gordon McDonald's at the start of a four-lap relay race. He's the first runner. And all he's focused on is that first corner. And the guy from the other school who's in lane number one is taunting him and saying, by the way, I'll see you at the finish line and I'll be winning. And the guy from the other school in lane one set off at the starter's pistol And just rushed on ahead into the distance. And here's Gordon MacDonald running his race. Only to find that his competitor had begun to run too fast. And he couldn't keep up the pace until he handed over the baton. I don't think they won that race. (laughs) But the point is you can't run a 400 meter race at a 100 meter pace. This is a marathon, not a sprint what we're doing as church at the moment feels like a bit of a marathon. It almost feels like we can see the end, but not quite. And you know, Have you ever seen people at, at the end of a marathon where they've not been able to run the full distance and they're hobbling along through the line? It's just a horrible thing to watch people at the end of a marathon. But we need to learn to pace ourselves. I think that's why Sabbath is so important. Taking time for worship and rest Sabbath is important. God has designed us to need a Sabbath, and if we rush on in life without taking Sabbath, think about, think about it. Rushing on in life, and half the time we're complaining that we're we've got no energy, we've got no this, we've no that, and and we don't take the time. We don't live the way that God has designed us to. We need to learn to pace ourselves so that we can go the distance. And there's a thing in later on in Hebrews, a verse where it talks about enduring hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what? Son is not disciplined by his father. And if we think about the things that are happening in life, sometimes those things, it's like that war of attrition, the things that are grinding us down, the things that we're having to endure, and we're thinking, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And what does God do? he leaves us in the situation. Why? Oh, why? Because he's teaching us to endure hardship, to endure difficulty as discipline. I don't know about you, I look back at my life and I look at the times where things were really tough in life, and I realize that it's in those tough times that I grew as a person, that I grew as a Christian. If everything in life was easy, we wouldn't grow because we would never be challenged to grow. And really, we all want an easy life, don't we? To endure means to remain under something. To endure means to remain under something, to stay in the circumstances and to shoulder whatever's happening. That's what endurance is. If you've ever read any stories of people who've accomplished incredible physical feats and the way they endured, it's inspiring. But they had to remain under the burden, under the pressure, under the physical strains and stress and the mental and emotional strains and stresses as well. I've only got on to, I thought I'd be on verse two by now. I just realized the time's going and I'm not even in verse two yet. Are you still with me? Good, just checking. Let's read Verse two. Um, I'll try and speed up the pace a bit. In verse 2, it says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the first incentive for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who, for the joy set before him, I'm beginning to go into NIV because it's the one I've read. Who, for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing on Jesus. Jesus. This is one of my dad's favorite verses, looking unto Jesus. In fact, probably was his favorite verse, looking unto Jesus. But I hadn't realized that behind the language here is not just a case of looking to Jesus. It's about looking away from every other thing that would distract us. And that's a real challenge sometimes it's not just looking to something it's looking away from away from other things in order to look to and it's, it's kind of put this way um, to turn the eyes away from other things and fix them on something whether physically or to turn one's mind to something mentally we're encouraged to look to jesus which is in essence about looking away from other things other things that can distract us other things that we want to focus on from time to time it's about turning our mind's attention and we can get so distracted and taking our eyes off of Jesus do you find that or is it just me okay it's just me that's awkward no I'm not kidding I know it's not just me I know because I, I speak to people in this church and other churches and people of no faiths and all faiths and, do you know, we can get so distracted in life. So many things that, that, that want to take up our attention. I've got one in my pocket, which I've switched off all the notifications for other than the essentials. It's a distraction. There are so many things in life that can distract us and we can just get so engrossed in the distraction of life. I don't know about you. When problems come, that can be a distraction. See, when the car breaks down, have you ever experienced that? When the car breaks down, it's such a distraction, isn't it? It's like, ah, oh, I need to get this fixed. It's interrupting my life. It's upsetting me. And we need to get it fixed. Or when things break, it can become a distraction. I I, I was out fishing last week, I think, in the rain. I'm like, why am I doing this? Catching absolutely nothing fell on the rocks twisted my knee and I thought I'm going to try somewhere else and it was really hard to get to and as I'm going over to this other place I slipped on the rocks and I'm like oh what and I'm like I'm just giving up so I came back up and I'm walking alongside this barbed wire fence and what happened you guessed it the barbed wire fence ripped my jacket my good jacket I've had to wear my old jacket today and I remember why I replaced it because there's holes in the pockets and things just disappeared. And I'm like, oh, talk about distraction. What did I have to do? I had to just come back and put it all down and say, okay, give me a coffee. I'm just going to settle myself down. Distractions, problems, things that get into our lives, that's a stupid one. But there are things that genuinely get into our lives that can take our eyes off of Jesus Onto the circumstances, onto the distractions, onto the things which would take up our time, our thinking, and just get us off on the wrong track. But we need to take our eyes off and away from other things and focus them on Jesus. Do you know something? These are things that we need to do in order to be the people that we actually feel we should be, want to be as Christians. These are the things we need to do. And so when all the stuff that I'm talking about is happening, these are the things we need to do in order to focus back on Jesus again. Because I don't know about you. I don't know about you. And I sometimes feel as if I'm the only person that this happens to. I get worn down by all this. COVID nonsense, and it just begins to be such a grind, and you get fed up with it, and you get fed up with the restrictions in your life. You get fed up with the things that are happening in other people's lives. You get fed up with it all, but you've got to just find yourself in the place where you take your eyes off of all the problems, and even if it's just for a time to focus them back on Jesus and say, okay, let's get this into perspective again. Let's get ourselves sorted out keeping her eyes fixed on jesus and just as i finish off verse three just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself consider it all in comparison to your own trials pause for effect consider Jesus, ponder, think, consider all that in comparison to your own trials. Why? So that you'll not grow weary and lose heart. We're encouraged to consider Jesus, to ponder over Jesus, to think about Jesus, to think about what He has done in our lives. It goes on to say, well, it says earlier on in the book of Hebrews, and it's a similar kind of idea. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we accepted him as Savior, namely Jesus Consider him. Be thoughtful. Think about Jesus. When everything's going wrong round about you and you wonder just where things are going to go next and you're getting anxious about the future, you're living in the future, worried about what might happen. And who, who, who all knows that the things that we worry about? How many times have you worried and you go, what was I worried about? I used to think that every time before i preached a long long time ago that was last year no i'm only kidding but genuinely a long long time ago i used to come come off the platform and think that wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be or maybe it was (laughs) but it wasn't for me and you come out the other end of something you go why was i worried We worry about things that might never happen. We get anxious about things that don't happen. I don't know about you. I have felt anxious at times, worried about what was going to happen, shaken because of the things that are happening and uncertain about what the future holds. And I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he's got the future and he's got it all in control. Why am I anxious? But the reality is that life kicks in and we get distracted by the things that are around about us and we take our eyes off of Jesus and we start to get concerned. We get worried and concerned about the wounds of the past and what was said and done and this and that and the next thing. And really, what has Jesus told us to do? It's in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and so we let go of the past we turn our eyes away from the past and we focus on jesus we turn our eyes away from the things that we're worried about in the future and we focus them on jesus these are the things that we need to do in order to be the people that he wants us to be. Let me just finish off. Almost finished. Why do we want to do these things? So that we will not grow weary or lose heart. So that we will not grow weary or lose heart. What is the opposite of being weary? To be energetic and fresh. Who feels energetic and fresh today? I'm looking around today. Online, who feels energetic and fresh? You'd think off the back of a little break, you would feel energetic and fresh. You spend all your holidays running around like a dafty. (laughs) The opposite of being weary is to be energetic and fresh. And I know that that's challenging, especially as our bodies get older, they don't have the same energy. And we don't feel just quite as fresh as we did when we were twenty-one. We've not to grow weary. We've not to lose heart. The opposite of being heart or faint-hearted, uh, sorry, uh, is to be strong and brave and courageous. Who feels strong and brave and courageous? I'm looking around the congregation today. Do you feel strong? Whoa! Come on! Bring it on! There are moments in life where I definitely don't feel like, come on, bring it on. I'm like, let me run a mile. I don't know if you feel like that as well. There are some times when there's stuff going on and you just think, I I, I want out of this. And yet God sometimes keeps us in the situation so that we learn how to endure. And we need to think of that endurance as discipline. God's disciplining me in this situation. Sometimes it's so that he can knock some of the rough edges off us. I don't know about you. I'm still getting rough edges knocked off of me. But all of this in order that we will not grow weary and that we'll not lose heart. And I love this verse from Matthew 11. It's Jesus who's speaking. And I want to read it from the message. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. That sounds good, doesn't it? I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds good. But there's something that we need to do in order to live in the reality of that. What does Jesus say? He says, come to me. Come to me. And it's only if we finally take our eyes off the past and the future and we say i'm going to come to jesus today and i'm going to get myself settled in his presence taking our eyes off the situation i was thinking about this and peter peter was a fisherman peter was used to the sea and peter looked to jesus and what did he do he walked on water We sang about it this morning. We serve a God who can do impossible things. Peter defied the force of gravity before he even had heard of gravity. He walked on water. We tend to get fixated in the fact that Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he sank and blah, blah, blah. And I think Peter walked in water. That's crazy. Peter walked on water because he took his eyes away from what was happening round about him. Lord, if it's you, ask me to come and I'll come. And Jesus says, it's me, come. And Peter walked towards Jesus on water. Amazing. He took his eyes away from the other disciples. He says, I don't know about you guys. I'm going to go for it. He took his eyes off the boat he took his eyes off the wind and the waves and whatever was going on. He took his eyes off of all of those things and he was fixed on Jesus, fixed on Jesus. And so he walked on water. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden with the stuff from the past, the wounds of the past. Maybe maybe some of us are are, are kind of locked in the past because of guilt. Jesus can heal us from the guilt of sin and from the guilt of our past. I don't know about you. Sometimes we look back in our lives and things get used against us and we begin to feel guilty about those things, but they're in the past and we can't change them. All we can do is trust in God's grace and forgiveness for today and then for tomorrow. God wants to deal with the guilt of sin, the guilt of our past, the things that have weighed us down in the past and want to keep weighing us down. It's like that bolas that's round our legs and we fall flat on our face and we get up being freed from it, but it's wanting to just hold on to us and be like a ball and chain. It's like, I still can't get rid of it. Even though we're forgiven, sometimes we can still be dealing with the guilt of sin from the past. Jesus wants to deal with all of that. I wonder if Sarah, you can just come up and uh, we're going to finish with a song. I'm going to pray just before that. And uh, let's just take a moment to, just in the privacy of your own heart today, focus yourself back on on Jesus. Maybe you need to say, I'm letting go of the past. I'm not worrying about the future and about tomorrow. I'm going to focus just on you. And Father, we pray, help us to keep our minds fixed on you. Father, to keep our attention on you, to keep focused on you. And Father, we pray that you would help us to look away from all the things which would set us back, all the things which would distract us, and Father, keep ourselves focused entirely on you. Father, to come into your presence today, and to say that we want to let go of the past, we're not going to worry about the future. And we're going to trust in you, even despite the circumstances, despite this war of attrition that seems to be trying to grind us down in our faith, and our trust. And Father, we focus on you, and maybe there are people today joining us online, and Uh, maybe you're struggling with things as well this is as much for you as it is for the people who are in the building today maybe you've never taken that opportunity to trust in Jesus for the first time today can be that day where you trust in Jesus for the first time he's the one who can give you that real rest that he talks about And Father, we just pray, we pray for those who maybe never made that decision to follow Jesus, and we pray today would be that day where they they put their trust and hope in you. Let's just sing this song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Some people who just need a fresh revelation of Jesus today. You need to just look into his face and get a fresh revelation of who he is, that you need to see him. A fresh today. You need that that freshness in your spirit. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come and that you'd bring that freshness into people's lives. Father, we pray that people would be changed even as they're in this place today. Father, even as they're joined online today. Father, we pray that people would be changed as they turn and fix their eyes on Jesus, as they turn away from everything else. Father, as they focus on Jesus, we pray that they would have a fresh Revelation of Jesus. Some people need a revelation of Jesus. You've never met Jesus before. And really Jesus is the person that you've been looking for your whole life. And so I'm going to say a prayer. And if you have never met Jesus, then you pray this prayer within your own heart and just repeat it after me. And invite this incredible Jesus into your life that you may have a revelation of who he is and that you may experience the life transformation that he can bring. Dear God, I recognize that I've never made a decision to invite Jesus into my heart. Today I make that decision. Today I open the door of my life. Today I invite you in come into my life, make me clean, forgive me of the guilt of the past, of my sins of the past, of my wounds of the past. Help me not to worry about the future, but to trust in you, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for anyone who has prayed that prayer, that you would just give them a revelation of who you are, Lord, for us as we go into this week, Lord, we pray, give us a fresh revelation of who you are. Help us to take our eyes off of everything else and to focus them on you. Let's just sing that song one last time before we pray to close our time together.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: pray that that would be our experience today and this week that stands in front of us. Father, we just pray that you would open our eyes afresh to see Jesus. Father, may our eyes be fixed on him. Father, give us that fresh revelation of who you are. And Father, we pray that you would move amongst us, move in us corporately, Father, in our own situations, in our families, whatever's going on in our world, Father, we pray that you begin to move in those situations, and Father, move alongside us and help us to move with you and move at your pace. Lord, we pray for those of us who are maybe under, feeling under that trial just now, we're having to endure under difficult circumstances. Father, give us the strength, give us the resilience, give us the energy to keep walking with you, to keep hand in hand with you, and to go, at your pace. Lord, help us to remember that we serve a God of the impossible, a God who can do miracles, a God who, who can do anything he wants to do. Lord, help us to walk hand in hand with you. And Lord, as you go into the rest of today, Father, whatever it holds for us, may we go with you very much in the forefront. Father, not not walking at the side of us or behind us, but Father, walking in front of us. And Father, may we be so conscious that you're there right in front of us and help us to follow you in our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and may you have a really incredible week. Thank you
2: give you the quickest update ever for the food bank mainly because I've got vertical three things first thing is we have completed our move we have got our new building so thank you to God for that because it's amazing I even have a window for outside fresh air it's amazing (laughs) now because we've got a new building that means our cap debt center staff have now moved into the building and we understand that things have really changed in the last year so if you need help with budgeting or debt advice please come to us because we've got availability there so we can help you. Third thing is, don't know if you've seen my social media or emails flying about this week or any of Sophie's, but we have made it to the final of Charity of the Year for Scotland this week. Um, so we are in the final six of over 24,000 charities. So there is a public vote as well as a private judges vote. So, if you could just nip onto the SCVO website and vote for us, that would be great. Thank you. And hopefully, Stevie, we can do a bigger update and get photos of our new buildings soon. Thank you.